What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Bridging the Gap. Oh, I didn't do it properly, did I? What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank you for asking. Um, so, where do I begin? Uh, we're gonna. This is gonna be raw. This is gonna be emotional. I'm gonna try and not cry the whole time. So, there's been a lot of updates recently. Uh, I've been going through a rough patch, if I'm honest. Like, just mentally. Just feel... I feel burnt out. I feel tired. I feel like I don't want to wake up. I feel like I just want to sit and watch films. Or that's the only thing I can perceive myself doing. I find... Uh, my motivation is in the gutters. I find, like... So I feel like someone has come in and hit me with a numb switch. Um, if I'm honest, I'm a little bit better today. I'm a little bit better yesterday, but Monday kind of all got to me after a couple of weeks of just fucking shit, just shit, just felt shit, felt like nothing was going right, I felt like I couldn't control anything, I felt like, I felt like, some, I felt, I felt like someone had just washed numbness over me, I couldn't feel happy, didn't necessarily feel sad, just didn't really feel nothing, and I didn't, didn't want to do anything, and when you're an entrepreneur, that's <laughs> Self, when you're a self-proclaimed entrepreneur, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of pressure to kind of keep performing. Whether that pressure comes from social media or whether that pressure's been put on myself, like I feel that pressure to continue. I feel like, especially in the social media space, where and there's like that cancellation culture, and you know, like you might, you, I don't know how how feasible this is, but. The, the irrational part of my brain says, like, you might wake up tomorrow and this might all be gone. If you don't keep working, if you don't keep replying to these messages, if you don't keep replying to your your clients, if you don't keep one of mile on point, if you don't think about the next thing, if you're not constantly progressing, you might fall off the planet one day. And I think when, when you're, I don't want to say income, but when you're, I mean, yeah, I guess it is income. Like, when you're, when your income is directly related to how hard you work, it sometimes becomes a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare because it's like, well, if I work, work harder, I could potentially earn a little bit more. I could have more, more for my family, more for my friends, more to kind of build my dream and and do whatever. But it's like a double edged sword because you can't work like that twenty four seven. You can't fire at all cylinders twenty four seven. It doesn't work like that. As much as you want it to, as much as I want it to. It doesn't work like that, and I feel like maybe this last couple of weeks I've just trying to been. I feel like I, me personally, I feel like I've been on a high since February. Maybe even before, maybe even before. I mean, January I went to Dubai for three weeks, so I loved it. Had a great time. I knew when I came back, prep was starting, and I was buzzing to prep to start prep because it'd been two years off. So I feel like I've had like seven or eight months of just straight, straight up. Like you know, you draw a graph. In it's straight down the middle, those middle points, um, and I feel like even post show, like I felt great, like I won my pro card, I'd achieved what I needed to achieve. I wasn't felt, I wasn't filled with the sense of like, fuck, what do I do now? Which is which often happens after shows or after people achieve their goals, long term goals. You know, you achieve that long term goal, you hear it all the time with people. Um, they get to the top of the mountain, and then they. Like sometimes they need another mountain to climb, but what happens when you climb all the mountains? What happens when you're the best of the best of the best? 
it, you know it's sometimes it uh not, not that i was there but i just mean it, it, in the future like you know sometimes you you go fuck what do i do now and I, i've had that feeling after my competitions before where i think in 2019 i had it quite big where like i didn't go out i didn't achieve what i set out to achieve and i knew that i had to go wait two years for it now to try and get it the pro card and um and like you just fall off a cliff like you feel of a really, really high one. And the high one, it feels great. It has a great view. It feels good. Everyone's saying nice things to you. And then you fall off or you don't achieve what you're going to achieve. And the opposite happens, right? Less people start interacting with you. Less people start stop messaging you. People don't pick up on what you're doing anymore. Um, or like to a lesser degree in social media anyway. So it's quite a head fuck where you have such a great... Um, like when I say my career, my career is bodybuilding, my career is social media, when my career is growing social media and all that kind of stuff. So I had a great career for seven months. Career was going great and everything bumps up, bumps up, bumps up. And then you take a noticeable kick in the nuts where views are down 30%, you know, and therefore your income is down 30%. And maybe that doesn't translate across all your businesses. So. You know, you have like these ups and downs in in in, in business and self employment, which is quite hard to deal with sometimes. I think that, like, especially in social media, when really you can say something wrong and be fucked for life. Uh, I don't I don't doubt you could probably reinvent yourself or like you know, but if you say something that's just like unforgiving accidentally, not that I ever would because I'm not that type of person. Um, you may you, that may be it for you, right? And and those feelings of like uncertainty. I mean, that's like anxiety, right? Just not knowing, not being certain, not knowing where the next step lies. It kind of is it's inducing of anxiety. And I think just more recently, I felt that pressure build up. Sometimes I feel like, what am I doing wrong? Sometimes I feel like I need to keep, especially in coaching and even social media, there is always something to reply to. There is always something to reply to. At the moment, I have 10 WhatsApp messages, I have three notifications on my calendar, I have 42 emails. And there was zero yesterday, right? So every single moment of every single day, there is something for you to do. And when you work, like I work at home, I live at home, I sleep at home, I eat at home, everything I do is at home. You kind of blur the lines sometimes. So, you know, you might catch me replying to people at like 8, 9, 10 p.m. And perhaps maybe I shouldn't be just to draw lines and have that mental rest. But when it's your business, you think... If I don't reply to this guy today, he might think that I'm ignoring him. He might think that my service is slow. He might think that, don't get me wrong, there are times when I'll get a message at 8, 9 p.m. I'm not, not going to reply to it. Sometimes even at like 6 or 7 p.m. Or if I get a check-in at like 4 or 5 p.m., like I don't have the time to go through those check-ins, so I'll, I'll save them for the next day. But there are times when I'll try and get replied to the ones that can reply, and you kind of force yourself into a corner, and it puts a lot of stress on you. It's like low-level It's like low level anxiety 24-7. That's how it feels. Like there's always something to be done. There's, you feel like if you're sat down doing nothing that you feel guilty for it, and you know, especially in in social media and like where your income fluctuates week to week, and you're an online coach, you have ten people drop off this week. Not that ten people have dropped off, but just as an example, you have ten people drop off. Maybe they pay you a hundred pound each. Just a thousand pound you just lost per month, right? Okay, cool. You get back seven of them, or eight of them, or nine, of them, or all ten of them. You get back in different people, but. There's that constant swing in, in income. And now I'm at that point in my life where I have minimum spends per month. And the minimum spend is a lot, right? I've got to run a business. I've got to hire a uh, videographer. 
I have some. I have two other guys that work for me. I have my own wage that I need to pay myself. So, like, I have a minimum amount of thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds to spend every single month. And when you do see a drop, you're like, oh fuck! Like, you know, you've already committed to these people. It's a lot of stress. Like, I understand what goes through like small to medium business business owners. Maybe anyone who's got from from one employee to like maybe a hundred employees, like, because it's very personal still. You feel that like you feel that pressure to constantly provide, right? Just as an example, my videographer, like, um, I don't know. I'll stay, like, fairly vague, but, like, I'm, let, let's say, like, we do three videos every single week. Every single week, that's, you know, that's 12 videos a month sometimes. Like, it's a lot of videos, it's a lot of time for him. So I, I pay him a decent, like, I pay him a lot, I pay him, like, you know, I don't want to say the amount, but I, I pay him thousands. So if I was to get to the point where, and it has been like that a couple last couple weeks. Like, I'm not motivated to go film. I don't really want to go film. I, I kind of commit to it because it's it's it's. I, I treat it like a job. Like you can't just sh not show up at work. You have to show up at work no matter what. So I still do. But if I if I, if I was in a different mindset or a different, and I've been there before where I said right fuck I'm not going to film for a few weeks because I'm not feeling it. Um, he loses that money. You know, like oh sorry. Uh, we don't, I don't want to work for the next couple of months. Like that's a fucking big old chunk of his income gone. And like when you learn learn about them personally, you know maybe maybe your employee is having a baby, maybe your employee is is trying to move house, maybe your employee is trying to get a new car because he can't afford to, you know because his one keeps breaking down. Like and you're the one putting that money in his account for you to then stop that at any point it's a lot of pressure that's not how it is at the moment like it's it's absolutely fine but those things come into my brain sometimes where i'm like i need to keep this minimum income every single month otherwise that's it like i'm not paying my bills he's not paying his bills um i'm not paying off my credit card bill like there's a lot <laughs> a lot of fucking loops to jump through and it really really builds like it just makes me anxious it makes me really fucking anxious and i've been to that position where I'm so anxious and crippled by it. Probably more so this last week. Uh, and it's been pretty hectic, to be honest. So there's that, that coupled with... Um, I've been avoiding talking about this because it's a really, really sensitive subject. Uh, and obviously, being in social media, um, I get asked about it all the time. So we actually had to give back our little puppy, um, which was... It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life, to be honest. It feels like... I've ripped a family member out of our house and and just like dropped it back at some stranger's house, even though that's not how it's happened. Like I think I'm just gonna say it how now now because if I think it helps my brain just to kind of talk about these things. I've only ever talked about this with my family, so I I really really pushed for this dog for a very long time. Like I was, I'm obsessed with dogs. I've always lived the dog, lived the dogs. Um, granted, I never really looked after the dog, which I learned very, very quickly as soon as we got this pup, because uh, my parents did. And we went over all the issues. Amy was like extremely, not like extremely against, but just not really for it because she works twelve-hour days non-stop, has meetings that she can't be at. She's very, very high up in a company. Uh, you don't take days off like that in the company. Um, and I convinced her, I said, look, I work from home. I can drop my work whenever I need to because I'm my own boss. I can get it done when the dog is asleep or blah, blah, blah. And I went through it and I gave her every single excuse that I possibly could. You know, I said, 
this is it's fine like it's going to be fine i'm going to do this we're going to love the dog and and um we were absolutely gassed we were buzzing like and i managed to convince her and she finally was really really excited rather than being like anxious we went to go pick her up and most beautiful dog i've ever seen in my life fantastic temperament like okay yapped the first night but like the second third and fourth night that we had her she was perfect slept like six hours let her out came back slept two three more hours um and she was learning really really quickly uh but for me like the moment we kind of got home i had like dread hit me pure fear and dread that i had to look after this little pup and like i was questioning whether i can give this pup a good life and one of the biggest things that came into my head was like, me and Amy have only been together three and a half years. Like, this, this is the girl I'm going to be with the rest of my life, but which is kind of why I was like, we need to get a pup because, you know, next 10, 15 years of our life, we want this pup in our life. And I suddenly just felt like, shit, we are so young in our relationship. And I feel like this pup is, or will, put, put like a hold on that. And not only that, but I think it felt, felt like to me that it would put a hold on my career and, I felt like while I was, my projection was up, I felt like maybe the the pup would, would bring that down slightly. And like, this is all stuff that I should have thought of before. This is all stuff that we talked about before and I was just like either super naive, blind, or just ignorant. And like, I think that's something that I need, that I've learned extremely the hard way is that it's not always going to be all right. Like, that's my... That's me. I'm like, happy, fine. Happy, all right. You know, it's, but for me, I've never faced anything like severe, life changing, something for me to go, fuck, it's actually not going to be all right. Like, I never lost a parent. If I lost my parents, like, that's not all right. Do you know what I mean? So I've always been in, like, my, my adversity is like, the extent of my adversity is like, my parents breaking up, my dad getting super, super ill, which is, which is pretty fucking horrible, but. In my head, I was always just like, yeah, I'll be all right. And and this time, it wasn't all right. And the biggest problem that we faced with was just, I, ha- I had severe, severe crippling anxiety that I've never had in my life when we had that dog. I was throwing up, like, projectile multiple times a day and, like, shaking. I was white as a sheet. I lost five kilos in three days f- from just not eating. And... It was because I was petrified to lose my girlfriend. I was petrified to lose what me and Amy had done. Like, we've been together for three and a half years. We've only lived together for a year. Of that year that we've lived together, at least six months of it, I lived at home because of coronavirus. Because I needed to keep training, and the only place I could keep training was there. So we've lived together for six months, really, on and off. Patchy bits. And then before that... Before that, we we were a long-term relationship. Uh, sorry, long-distance relationship. So we saw each other Saturday and Sunday. She worked so much. I saw her Friday afternoon, Saturday, Sunday, come back on, on the evening. And we never really... We never really, like... We haven't lived. That's how I felt. And I felt like, fuck, like... There was obviously two ways to think about it. There's like, no, this is a, an opportunity for us to live. We can go do this with the dog, this, 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 and this with the dog. But for me, I couldn't see that side. 
and I didn't feel that, and I still don't feel that today. So I'm, I'm I am content with the decision we made, but it was fucking horrendous because um Amy fell in love with this dog, and it was fucking beautiful. And I, a part of me loves that dog, and it still does. She was absolutely stunning, just such a great temperament. And I wouldn't, if I'm ever going to get a dog, it's going to be that dog. But the crippling anxiety was just so much for me to handle. And now this is no knock at anyone who's felt like this. This is no disrespect to anyone who's felt like this. But I felt like I, I felt like for the first time in my life, I understood that feeling of not wanting to be here anymore. And that's going to sound like oh, you fucking. This is this is this was my issue. This is my ego complex. This is me like, oh, it's over a fucking like. This in my head. I'm like, I can't even talk about this publicly because people are like it's a fucking puppy, mate. What do you mean you know what what? It's like not not wanting to be here. Well, I don't know what it was, but that feeling of just pure dread that didn't stop for days and days and days and end. I felt like I need I would do anything for this feeling to stop right now because it is the worst thing that I've ever felt. And ultimately, that led us to the conclusion that we had to, we had to give the pup back, and and obviously we we did that, but it wasn't without some serious serious pain. Um, mourning, like Amy feels like that dog fucking imprinted on her, right? I was a little bit of a scared, like like a deer in headlights a lot of the time because I was just so ridden with anxiety and just thinking I can't give this dog what it needs. Like we need to give it so much attention. It's twenty four seven. It's every single decision we make now for the next ten fifteen years. The dog has to be included, and it really really scared me. And what made it so much worse was that I was the one who pushed for it for so hard. I was the one who rationalized everything. I was the one who said, yeah, but this, yeah, but that, yeah, but this. And then I was the one who crumbled. And then also Amy fell in love with the dog. So I just became this, like, I felt like a fucking piece of shit. I still kind of do. I feel like a piece of shit that I pushed so hard against Amy saying, no, we shouldn't do this right now. We should wait another year or two when we buy a house for me then to go, I can't do this, and be crippled, and like guys, I was fucking crippled, like, I was having panic attacks, like, at points I thought my head was gonna pop, I, I was throwing up, like I said earlier, and Amy had never seen me like that, so, I mean, I'm grateful for, for her, for her to be like, I've never seen you like this in my life, I've never been like that in my life, so no wonder she's never seen it, but she understood that seeing me like that was not worth having, having... Having, having the dog around, which was fucking horrendous to say. And I still feel, f I f just have a pit in my stomach when I'm talking about this now. Uh, so I had like, I mean, there's a thing called like pup, puppy puppy depression. Or like, you get a puppy and you feel depressed. And I, and I've had friends who have done it. Like Tom, TM Cycles, like he was so good about it. He ra he rang me, uh, he, ra he, he rang me pretty you know, pretty sharpish after he knew, and, and like, he he faced the same thing with his first dog, and you kind of come to that conclusion, like, oh, shit, this is another life, this is, not only is it another life, but it's taking away from your life, and I appreciate you can look at that with a different lens and say, no, no, it's adding to your life, but at this moment in my life, it wasn't the right time, right dog, wrong, t wrong time, that's kind of how we've coined this, um, it's fucking horrendous, like, I'm not gonna lie, it's, um, it's pretty brutal, and I mean, I even, and I think this is where I'm maybe wrong, but like I feel, I feel like a piece of shit. I feel like I don't deserve 
nice things. That's how I, it's a bit better now, but that's how I felt. I felt like I don't deserve to like eat this nice meal. I don't, we don't deserve, like we went to a hotel the weekend after just to try and get our brains out of it. I was like, I don't deserve to be here. I'm a piece of shit. What have I done? And and then you start kind of thinking, have I, have I done, made the wrong decision? And then I started saying that out loud. And Amy's like, don't tell me you've made the wrong decision because like she has, just for her, it's like she's lost a daughter. Honestly, it's it's brutal. It's like they were together twenty four seven. Like she had to take the maternal role, where I was just crumbling in the background. Like because regardless of how the two of you feel, there's still a life that needs to be taken care of, and I just physically couldn't do it because of my anxiety. So she had to step in and, and do that. And um, yeah, it's honestly been one of the hardest two weeks of my life. Sounds silly, but that's the hardest thing I faced in my life. A one off. I think my dad getting ill was probably the hardest, but this is like, and I'm and I'm still sat here thinking it's over a fucking puppy. I don't know whether that's right. I don't know whether that's right or wrong or like, am I am I? I don't want to say am I a pussy? Like, am I just like I can't handle it? Like, what's going on here? And I still don't have clear answers as to what my brain is saying. Like, I felt ashamed of talking about it, which is why I've not posted about it. Like, I made a big post when we got the pup. Everyone, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I had loads of messages every single day. And I just, I, I, I've just ignored them because I can't face it. I uh, appreciate, I'm sort of facing it now. But for me, like, I'm looking at a screen, right? I'm looking at a screen. It's me in my own room with a coffee. Like, it's I'm not facing the music face on. Like, I'm saying it and then putting it out there for people to react to. So, it's, it's not the same. So, it's been really difficult. And it's been something that I don't know how to navigate. And... And it's kind of that 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 feeling of just like being down has just not not gone yet, and maybe it'll go after a few more weeks. And like I do I do feel better today because I did put up a post kind of saying how I was feeling, not specifically about the dog, but like it, it, regardless of of the dog scenario, like this feeling was there, and I had so so many people reach out and say I feel the same. Uh, I've had the same thing. People have said that I've had this worse. I've had this for the last two years, and I. It, it made me feel better, honestly. Like, I don't know whether that's wrong of me or right of me, but knowing that there's other people going through worse, knowing there's other people that are going through the same, knowing there's other people just going through something to a degree, it made it so much easier. And I'm so, so happy I said something because, yeah, like, I, I think I'm decent at being vulnerable online. Um, but maybe not when I need to. I think for me, sometimes. Like, I'll have that vulnerable period of time for, like, a couple of weeks, and then I'll talk about it after, when I think maybe what will help you get out of it is if you talk about it earlier. So, for me, like, I was in it, in this fucking swing of it in, in Monday, and I said something on Monday, and by Tuesday I felt much better, and now it's Wednesday, and I do, I do feel better. Obviously, I still feel like I need to get my fucking engine running again, but... I can't. I can't say how thankful I am to the people that messaged me and the people who have been so nice about it. And, I, and very, very rarely I have mentioned the dog and the people who I have, like people in the gym, Gov, my man. Like I mentioned it to him. I don't know if he's listening to this, but dude, like someone who I did, I, like I don't really know him that well as a person. Like we know each other very, very briefly through the gym, but I know he's on a wavelength that that resonates with me. And I felt like I didn't really want to tell anyone. And I didn't. I, I told my mum, my dad, and Andy. Because Andy's got to come to my house to see. like, to, 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 And he'd be like, oh, right, there's a dog. And then I, I kind of just felt like I could resonate with this kid, Gov. 
Um, and I did. And I just told him. And that was like the first person I told properly. And he gave just such great advice and kind of supported my decision. And then I told Tom. Then I told like Joe. And they all backed me. And it was so nice just like to, just to know that I'm not a fucking losing my mind um, about this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was... It's been a crazy couple of weeks, to be honest, and I do feel like I'm on the back end of it, but that's, that's, that's the story of how we had the best dog in the world for four days, and due to my crippling anxiety, we had to drive it back, and the drive back was five and a half hours, and it was the most brutal fucking thing I've ever done in my life. We just were in tears for five hours straight, and then we dropped it off, and then we were in tears for five hours straight on the back home on the way back home and it was it was brutal and this we went full send like it's so fucking brutal like we went full send we had every single thing you can imagine for a dog and we just had to come back home and put it all away so we couldn't see it and it's been fucking brutal honestly um I was very very hesitant to say anything because it's pretty it's pretty raw it's pretty emotional but then I'm like Maybe people have done this, have been this position before, so why not talk about it? Ooh, so, yeah, like that's that's kind of an update on where I've been, that's an update on where I am. Uh, we'll, we'll finish off with some more light hearted stuff. Oh my god. So, we'll go some more light hearted. We're going to get some questions up. Uh, so, I did some questions on my story yesterday. I didn't answer all of them because there is so many, uh, but I will go through some. And uh, half of them are ways of dog being, so <laughs> you don't know the answer to this. Oh, man, what an emotional beginning to this. We're 25 minutes in. <laughs> uh, so, recommended compounds for females. This is a bit of a turn for the worse, isn't it? Uh, recommended compounds for, for girls. So, girls, like you could get away with using something like telemosartan. Um, which is like an angiotensin receptive blocker. You can use something like growth hormone. You could use something like Primo. Uh, and Anavar is probably where I'd leave it. Like, you can use all of those. I wouldn't use all of those. I would use one, then the other. Like, even using an angiotensin receptive blocker and clenbuterol, like, while they're both not directly anabolic, which is perfect because you don't get the anabolic side effects, like a bigger Adam's apple, deeper voice, bigger clitoris, uh, more hair, for example, if you were to use testosterone Anavar. You can still have some anabolic, mild anabolic effects, um, but I'm not a uh, I'm not a female coach. I'm not like a I'm not well versed in female drug knowledge. So use that loosely and go check out Joe Jeffrey. Also, I learned how to make a latte this morning or a couple of days ago. Fantastic. Um. Uh, Chloe Windley, um, feeling physically awful at the end of a workout from taking pre-workout. Pre-workout's probably too strong for you. It's probably a bit too much. Um, obviously, you're a girl. <laughs> obviously. Or maybe you're not. Who knows? Who knows in this day and age? Uh, but smaller people um, will have a lower tolerance to caffeine. I think even more specifically in women, like you will have a, like a, a tolerance to caffeine that's probably pretty low. So... When you're using like a full scoop of something versus like a hundred kilo dude who's using a full scoop of something, you can imagine that it's going to hit you a lot harder. 
Um, so I'd recommend just halving the dose or getting something that's a little bit weaker. Um, that's generally the, the issue with, with, with having too much there. Um, thoughts on HS Tiki Toki charging £250 a month for coaching. Who the fuck is HS Tiki Toki? HS Tiki Toki f- 340 342,000 followers, 5 million likes. Head fitness. I'm going to click on it. We're going to keep keep going. Open anyway. Head fitness. He's in good shape. Muscle game program. We're going to click on that. 19 pound. Okay. Not 250 quid. Fat loss program. Home workout program. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've got no idea who the fuck this kid is. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you can charge whatever you want. No big deal, mate. <laughs> That was a shit question. Sorry. Uh, one of my elbow sleeves, yes, ordered. They'll be here in the next three to four weeks. Uh, do you think Eddie Hall's YouTube channel is a good source of lifting info? Not for bodybuilding. Of course not. He's a strong man. Uh, he's good for recovery, getting stronger, and maybe boxing now, but not not bodybuilding. I would assume because he doesn't bodybuild, so why would he? Uh, how's the BBC? What's next for the boys as a collective? We have something huge inbound. We have We have met. We have conversed. And we have decided on a project, um, hoping that project will come will come into play in November, um, which would be really really cool. Um, we'll see how we get on. I'm going to keep keep stum for now, but we definitely think we've got something big to come. Where do you think Ian Valier places in the Olympia this year? Um, I would love to say top five, like a Rami Hadi Nick Walker. Brandon Curry, Ian Valier, top five would be lovely. Uh, I don't know, though. Like, I don't know... Uh, like, I know surface to mid-level bodybuilding. I'm not, like, a, an expert in bodybuilding because, like, oh, fuck, I probably missed, like... I probably missed three or four ultimate pros who who, who probably could place quite well. Uh, I'd love to see him in top five, though. Absolutely love him. Uh, your classic top three... Sea uh, bum, Mr. Classic Physique, and Rough. Mr. Classic Physique is unreal, unreal. Um, why pink Himalayan salt and low salt instead of standard salt? Uh, micronutrition. Low salt is literally just higher potassium. It's not really full of micronutrition, but pink Himalayan salt will have like mi- minerals in it versus like your standard table salt, which is pretty fucking grim. Like you actually want to get some benefits out of it. So I put up a post um, talking about acne and specifically, I mean, acne in general is from oxidative stress. So I had a lot of questions, which was like, how can I reduce oxidative stress? So reducing oxidative stress is like as simple as doing your cardio, eating healthy, getting cruciferous vegetables in, making sure you're supplementing right, not being too fat, making sure you've got good cardiovascular capacity, uh, making sure you're cleaning yourself properly. Um, but you can use things like glutathione, you can use things like metformin, which directly reduce oxidative stress and you know they're antioxidants they can help a little bit so if you combine all of those things i think that um i think that it'll help i'm not getting stronger do i increase sets or reduce sets you reduce them if you're not getting stronger you're doing too much you do two sets a week on bench press i promise you you'll be stronger the next week is that enough probably not so start two try four try six try eight when do you stop progressing cool come back down from that really really simple um i think people like to overcomplicate a little bit 
Um, but yeah. Right, I'm only going to do a few more um, because we've got a little bit of work to do after this. Um, less than 500 primo a week. Is it useless? Not, no way, no way. Uh, I've used 400 before and had really, really good results. Um, it's also quite nice just to use like on a, I say a cruise. It's not a real cruise, but like a, like 150 test, 150 primo, like a 300 milligram total androgen load would be, would be quite nice sometimes. Um, so yeah. Um, right. What's your go-to off-season cycle and dosages? Fucking hell. Why? Why are you going to compare my cycle and my dosages as an IFBB pro three years deep into using steroids compared to you? Maybe you're bigger than me, so why would you use that little? Maybe you're smaller than me, so why would you use that much? It is all person-dependent. I don't use MPP because it gives me bad blood pressure. I have 50 clients that use MPP. Like, I hate these fucking questions. This is no disrespect, my man. No disrespect, because I get these from everyone. It's not just you, but you're the, the one that I'm replying to. It is so irrelevant what people take. It is so, so irrelevant what people take. Like, there's general rules of thumbs that you want to use, but those rules of thumbs go out the window if someone can't tolerate it. Like, let's titrate your testosterone up to a feasible dose where you don't have to use an AI. That's 400 milligrams for me. That's that's that's, that's 200 for someone else that I know. So, immediately, it's irrelevant. So, if I tell you, uh, like, for example, I'll tell you what my cycle is right now. I'm using 300 tests. I'm using... 550 primo and I'm using 100 milligrams of trend so you know why would you take 300 test when you can't handle it what happens if you take 100 milligrams of trend and you go fucking psycho why would you continue taking it you wouldn't so it's it's, it's silly so my advice is use as much testosterone as you can that doesn't require an aromatized inhibitor and then touch upon multiple pathways depending depending where you are at in your life. If this is your first cycle, you do not need anything else other than testosterone. Maybe even your second cycle, you might not need anything other than testosterone. You know, depending how you react. Maybe you get to 250 the first time. Maybe you go to 350 the second time and you're fine. You know, maybe you get to 250 and you can't go higher. Okay, cool, then maybe trickle some Primo on. You know, so you're gonna make sure you're hitting these these different metabolic pathways. So you can use use more drugs but you use less drugs. So you use more compounds, but overall the total load is less because you're touching on more of these pathways. That's my best advice. Never, ever, ever copy someone's cycle. It is, I mean, hope, like, to be fair, in this day and age, you could probably copy some people's because it's just fucking blanket. But I would never, ever, ever, ever listen to someone's cycle. I would always find out myself. You can use the cycle principles. That's a great way to do it. You know, there's some very, very good, very, very good people at the top of the game who are recommending things for very, very good reasons. Yes, use their principles, use their rules of thumb, use their very, very intellectual arguments. But all of those guys at the top follow a progressive manner and follow a manner that is relevant to where you are in your bodybuilding career and the risk to reward ratio has got to be there. So at no point am I going to go, uh, Big Rammy, what's your cycle? Because I don't fucking care. It doesn't make a difference because I'm never going to take that much gear. Or he's taking way less than anyone imagines and he's just genetically gifted. 
So always use what's relevant to you. And that's something that people will never, ever, ever get out of. Never, ever. And that's an unfortunate position of the industry is I get messages, probably five messages a day. What's your cycle, bro? Why? Why do you want to know my cycle? Oh, you're interested. Okay, cool. Test Primo and Tren. Why are you using Tren, bro? Oh, because it's a very long fucking conversation right now. How much of each, bro? Why? Are you going to use that yourself? Why are you going to use that yourself when you've never tried it? Oh, because you got pro card on it. Okay, well, are you as good as me? No, you're not. So you're not going to get a pro card on it. Are you as old as me? No. Have you done a cycle before? No. So why are you going to fucking do it? There is so many variables to choosing a cycle. There's very similar principles, but so many variables. That's the thing. And people need to get that into their heads is that what I take is irrelevant. I talk about it because people love to hear about it. And if I'm honest, I, don't, I wouldn't mind knowing what Big Rammy took. And I wouldn't mind knowing what other people took. But ain't that never going to have an influence on what I take because it's just going to kill you faster. <laughs> it's a fast route track to, you know, using things that don't don't agree with you. So we're going to leave that there. Um, an emotional one for the first half, less emotional for the second half. <laughs> but that's life. Ups and downs, yin and yang, positive and negative. You need these lols to appreciate the highs. And I've just had a big, 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 long high. So kind of makes sense that I feel a little bit shit now. Um, but I'm going to do my best to get out of this. I'm going to do my best to keep putting content out. That's why I didn't do a podcast last week. Um, but we're here. We're here and we're queer. So thank you guys for tuning in. We'll speak to you very soon. Peace to everybody. Bye-bye.